Well, we have been in a series called The Fight of Faith, and we are not done yet. So, um, you know, we don't just get done with the series just to be done with the series. We'll get done when we, we need to get done and go on to something else. So, uh, let's look at 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. It says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So this is Paul writing a letter to Timothy, a younger minister, younger pastor. And he said, verse 12, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. Now, we've spent uh, quite a bit of time on this. If you've missed some of those messages, I encourage you to go back and listen to them because they will help you. We're building on uh, all the material that we've covered at this point. But we've, we've covered the fact that in this world, it is a fallen world. It's not the way God created it originally. I mean, it's beautiful. And, uh, you know, you can see remnants of the, the beauty that God created, but it's not anything like it used to be. And uh, there is an adversary in the world. Adversary, his name is Satan. And um, he hates the Christian. But he's a defeated foe. But the reason there's a fight in the world is because there's an adversary. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any fight. But the fight we're supposed to be involved in is the fight of faith. And to maintain faith, to maintain uh, trust in God in the face of contradictory circumstances, in the face of contradictory feelings, to stay at rest, to stay at peace, to stay in our place as believers and as children of God, to stay in the place of authority that Jesus has purchased for us, to walk in the rights and privileges that are ours. We are not supposed to fight the devil. We're not supposed to fight people. We're our fight is to stay in the place God has put us and to stay at rest and to trust Him that everything that we need will be where it needs to be, that all He's purchased for us is ours. See, the fight is Satan will try to deceive you and try to get you out of faith, get you to yield to circumstances, get you to yield to feelings. Well, you're not going to come over. You're not going to win because look, feel. See, that doesn't look like it. And they, you may just say, those are just thoughts. Well, the enemy is subtle and he tries to bring uh, suggestions and lies. And so we need to understand that. We don't glorify the devil. The devil's a defeated foe. But you know, if you're going into a battle, or, you know, let's say it's a, a sporting event or a conflict of any type, you want to know kind of the lay of the land. Otherwise, you're liable to get whipped. So we talk about these things not to glorify Satan because he's a defeated foe. He'd like you to think that he's super big and has control over you. He doesn't. You know, when you see uh, movies where it shows somebody evil or, or something that's a representation of the devil, I don't recommend watching a lot of stuff that, you know, would show things that are devilish, but just, just think about how things in, in movies or depictions the evil is, is shown to be big and powerful and just equal and opposite or even more powerful than good. 
See, Satan would like you to believe that. But that's not true. There's no comparison between God and Satan. God is the creator, the almighty. Satan's a created being that's fallen. And he's a liar. And he's a thief. So what has he got? He tries to con. He tries to manipulate. He tries to deceive. Because he can't, he can't overcome the Christian. Unless he has the consent of the Christian. But what he does, he, he tries to intimidate. He tries to get you to yield to him. And so that's what we've been talking about. Well, what, what, you know, some practical things as we're walking this out. The Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. Well, what is that? And what does that look like? And what kind of things, you know, when you have something come at you, you think Satan will tell you, well, you're the only one that's dealing with that. He's a liar. If you understand that there are certain things in the Bible, uh, God tells us clearly the tactics of the enemy and what's going to happen. He tells us how to deal with things. And bottom line is to stay in faith and trust in what he said and uh, to walk with him, then we can overcome. But it's good to be uh, knowledgeable. Let's look at Psalm 1, verse 1. Psalm 1, verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the pathway of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. Now this says the law of the Lord. Uh, you know, that's statutes, that's teachings. They literally had the law, you know, the the uh, books that had been written at this time. But since then, we have, we have the epistles, we have the gospels, you know, Proverbs, and then this is a psalm that's being written at this time. But we have all that. So when you read that, you could say he delights in the word of the Lord. That's where we are now. We have all that uh, available to us. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in, in, in his law he meditates day and night. Or you could say in his word. Verse 3, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now we, uh, uh, several weeks ago, we covered... The, um, the sower, sowing the word, the proverb of the sower in, in what uh, Jesus spoke and talked about the different people and, and um, you know, Jesus goes through and shows how different ways of approaching the word results in different, different outcomes. And we don't have time to go through all that, but I want you to notice this is uh, referring to something that's similar. And we're talking about the fight of faith. Well, if you're going to win the fight in life, then that means you succeed. That means things go right. Well, look at, look at these couple verses. Verse 2 says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law He meditates day and night. We're going to get to that in a second, but He's meditating. He's, he's thinking about, that actually brings the connotation of saying, 
day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. We were talking about the sower. The, the, the class that we want to be in is those that bring forth fruit. It says some 30, some 60, some 100. There's other ones that, you know, the seed was by the wayside and it got eaten. And those are like, you know, people that uh, got stolen from right away. And we go through the different ones. But the last class are the people that bore fruit. And that's what this is talking about here. It says, the one that meditates in the Word, the one that uh, has his focus on the Word and is speaking the Word and believing the Word, it said, he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. What does that mean? We're going to win. The, the fruit's going to come up in its season. At, at the time, when it needs to, that fruit is going to come up. It says, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. When you see that, does that sound like winning or losing? Prosper. What does that mean? Succeed. Well, you don't say you lost the fight, but you succeeded. No, if you, if you prospered, you were successful. When we're talking about the fight of faith, we're saying we won. We kept going. We, we were prosperous. We were successful. And it's saying here that one who meditates in the word, one who thinks on the word, but speaks the word, Let's look at Joshua 1, verse 4. It, or actually, let's go to 5. Joshua 1, 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. This is God talking to Joshua. Moses has just uh, gone on, left the earth, died. And so he's speaking to Joshua. He says, so as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. In other words, then you're going to win. Let's look back at the beginning of verse 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart of your, from your mouth. Well, the book of the law, that's all they had at this point. But now we have the rest of the Bible. So you could say the word, the Bible, it won't depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. The word of God is, if we're going to win... If we're going to stay in all that has been bought and paid for us through Jesus, then we need to know what the Word says. We need to know what God has said, and so it needs to be in front of us. We've talked about putting the Word in, but it also needs to be in our mouth. And this says it right here. It says, this book of law shall not depart from your mouth. And then it says, but that 
that you shall meditate in a day and night. The, the meditation, that, that implies thinking on it. You know, meditation has all weird meaning now. People talk, they think of Eastern religions and people, I mean, even in schools, they say, well, we'll meditate for a little bit. And they think, you know, clearing their mind and being quiet. Well, this, the Bible's talking about meditation. Meditation implies thinking on something, but also it has the implication of muttering, of just saying, you're going over and over something. Well, that's speaking. It says right before this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That we're saying, speaking the word, speaking what it says. Of course, it's in your, your mind, it's going through your mind, but you're also speaking it out. It says that you may observe to do all that is written in it. If we know the word, if we're speaking the word, then we're going to do the word. If you do the word, we're going to be blessed. If we do what God has told us to do, then it's going to be a good outcome. We're going to be, you can't do what God told you to do and then fail. No, if we're going to do, if we do what God told us to do, we're going to be successful. It says, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So this is, it's telling us, the word is telling us, how do you be, how are you successful? Well, we need to know what the word says. But we want to, I want to focus tonight on this aspect. We, uh, last week we talked about acting on the word. Acting like the word's true. Well, one of the ways you act like the word's true is by speaking the word. Saying what the word says in spite of something not looking like it. So instead of going up to a situation and, you know, things don't look quite right, they don't look like what you expect, if you then start speaking what you see and what the circumstances are and talking about how negative they are, we're not agreeing with the Word of God. We're actually taking sides against the Word and we're speaking negative. We're not speaking the Word. We're not meditating the Word if we're speaking something negative, that means we've already been thinking on the negative. The negative thoughts may come, look, look what's going on, look at the situation. In spite of that, we can speak out what God said anyway. And it's important that we do that. We read it in Joshua, he said, you meditate on the word. Don't let the word depart from your mouth. Even if the circumstance looks wrong, we say what God said. And this goes back to everything we, in this series we've talked about. We do have an adversary, and we spent some time on that. He doesn't have authority over the Christian. One of the ways we assert our authority is by speaking what God said. We say and agree what God said in our situation, even if it doesn't look like it. If you start saying what it looks like, you're just reinforcing that. You know, people say, oh, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't have any bearing on it. It has every bearing on it because we have authority in our life. What we say is going to go. We are the king of our life. Like a king would decree something and it's going to get done. What we say will happen if it's aligned with the word of God. That doesn't mean you just pick something out of the blue and just, you know, it's not hocus pocus. We're talking about the word. If God has told us something through His Word, then if we say it, we are enforcing His Word 
speaking out his word, and all the heaven authority is backing that. But it's important that we say it. Let's look at Mark 11, verse 22. Mark 11, verse 22 says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Let's read through that again, starting in verse 23. It says, Assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, this is Jesus speaking, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Is what Jesus says true? Is Jesus just speaking, you know, is he, is he just making something up here that's not real? Or does, does Jesus say what he means and means what he says? So when he says... Whatever you say, you will have. Is that true or not? You know, because people look at this and go, well, he doesn't mean that. This is not the only scripture. I mean, we just read a couple more. We're going to read more. What we say has an impact on where we go and what we have. And when we're talking about going through this life, and the fight of faith, the fight is to stay in faith and stay at rest. Well, if circumstances come up and we start saying, oh, we're going down. There's no way we're going through. What, what are we saying? Where are we going? Do we want that? Well, I'm just saying it. No, you're setting the course. See, sometimes I don't think we've understood this to the, the, the degree that we, we need to. We're talking about going through this earth, if there's challenges, we don't need to be speaking the problem. We need to be speaking the word and the truth. In the face of circumstances that are contradictory, we need to say what God says and say, no, in my life, God's word's going to go. In my life, I'm speaking what he said. We will have everything we need. My body is healed, it's strong, it's whole. My marriage is strong, my kids serve God. They're strong and healthy. We don't start saying, well, I don't know how we're going to make it. Well, it looks like, you know, I'm not, this, this physical symptom looks like it's going to overtake me. We don't say, looks like my marriage is on the rocks. Don't say, oh, my kids are never, never turn out. We speak what God said. Say what he said. It says, If he believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. See, our faith keeps pace with our confession. We put the word in. And like we said last week, faith is simply acting on the word, acting like it's true. It's not struggling and fighting and trying to make something happen. If God's word's true, we act like it's true. Well, if God's word's true and you believe that, 
Does that mean to talk against God's Word? If you believe it, what is part of acting like it's true? You speak like it's true. You say what God said. We don't speak the opposite. That would be acting like it's not true. Our confession rules our life, whether we know it or not. What we're saying is determining where we're going and how we're going. And this is a place to look if, we're, if there's certain, you know, we have challenges and we feel like, I'm, I'm trying to stay in faith. Well, what are we saying? What is our speaking? What is our mouth saying? Romans 4, verse 16. Let's read this passage of Scripture. It says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. This is talking about Abraham. You know, he, God told him he was going to be a father told him he was going to have a child when it looked impossible. It says, In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Let's go back to verse 17. It says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not or that do not exist as though they did. This is what God does. This is people say, well, why would I say something if it's not true? Well, what do you mean by true? That you can see? Is, is it only what we can see? that we believe? Everybody say, I have a brain. Have you ever seen your brain? The only thing you remotely could have seen is a, a picture of your brain or a scan of your brain. You've never seen your brain. If you do, there's bigger problems than just seeing your brain. You don't want to see your brain. Do you believe you have a brain? Yes. Most of you say, I know I do. Because I can hear you. But you know, you don't know that. You're, you have to believe something because you have never seen it. You say, well, every human has a brain. Okay? Doesn't mean you know you have one. <laughs> right? You, there, you have to, at some point, you have to say, well, of course I do. But if I'm going by what I see, I can't prove that. You say, that's a, that's a silly example. But... It drives the point home. You cannot go by what you see. If we're going to just go by what we see and by what we feel, then we're going to be all over the place in this world. We need to go by truth. So when we're saying something that we can't see, 
people will say, well, I can't say something that's not true. Like I said, what, what do you mean by true? Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not, it's not true. There's a whole lot of things that you can't see that you take for granted. We used this example several weeks ago. How about the virus? Has anybody ever seen it? I guarantee you, you have not seen it with your, the, your, just your unaided eye. But oh, the reaction to it. People go all places and they're petrified under certain circumstances of something they can't see. But they believe it, right? Come on. But you can't see it. Well, I'm not going to say something because if you were to go by that, you'd say, there is no virus. How do you know? Well, I can't see it. If you're going to go by that. So then people will say, well, I'm not going to say something that I can't see is true. You don't see everything. God's, God's word said that there's a higher truth. There's a spirit realm. There's things that are true in the spirit, and God knows, and he said. And so what we're doing when we agree with him is saying, I believe there's something higher than what I see. It doesn't matter what I see. If God said it, then I'm going to agree with him, and I'm going to say it like it's true. It says God himself, it says here, he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Is God a liar? Is he crazy? As Christians, what are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be like Christ. Well, who's Christ? God. The Son of God. Jesus is God. What did Jesus tell us to do? Whatever you say. Is that just crazy? People say, well, I, I'm not going to say something I can't see. God does. And God knows more than we do. And if God said, Abram, because he said, Abram, you're the father of many nations. He doesn't have a child. He doesn't have any offspring. His wife can't have a kid. But what did he say? You, I have made you. Is he lying? No. Abra, Abram, at that point, he agreed with God. He became Abraham. God changed his name and said, you're going to be called Abraham. He had to go around saying that he's the father of many nations when there is nothing in the natural that looks like that. He was going around saying something that, quote, unquote, is not true. But God knew, and God had spoken, and what he, what he needed is Abraham and say what he said, which is what Abraham went around doing. Everywhere, I'm Abraham. I'm father of many nations. Doesn't have a kid. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to agree with what God has said and speak it and say it. Act like it's true. That doesn't mean you lie as far as I have this now. What you're saying is that's coming. I believe it's true. I believe my body is healed. I call you healed. I'm not saying right now it physically, there's nothing wrong. I'm saying I call it healed. I say it's healed. Use this example. I think it was in an offering, though. Were you talking about the dog? Was that in the actual? I think it was in the offering a while ago. But if we said, you know, I, I gave this example. We had a dog named Muffy growing up. Cute little dog, mutt, 
had like a pug nose, had a little curly tail. And uh, we lived on a cul-de-sac. And so there was a cul-de-sac, and then there's a big hill. And all of us kids would play, you know, all throughout. We'd go out and play hide-and-go-seek, like in the summer nights, you know, different than now. But we would go out, we'd all wear dark, like, like black, put on black sweatshirts. We'd have black sweatpants. You know, we'd have our shoes, so we'd try to cover those up. And we would go out and play hide-and-go-seek on this whole block. Just a few of us. You could hide anywhere. And, you know, then you'd have to come all the way down to the, the cul-de-sac. Uh, we'd have the base somewhere there. It was a great time. But on this cul-de-sac, we lived at the bottom, and we had a dog named Muffy. Well, sometimes she would get out and go run around. Not normally, but, you know, sometimes she would get out and go run around. And so we'd go out there and call her. Somebody would be calling Muffy! 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 Now somebody would come and say, what are you calling your dog for? Well, she's not here. Well, why are you calling? That's weird. She's not here. Why are you calling? Well, that's why I'm calling her. Because she's not here. Well, that's weird. Why is that weird? I want her to be here, so I'm calling her. Well, she's not here. Why are you saying her name? Because she's not here. And I want her to be here. See, that's the same thing it is when we are saying what God said, and when we don't see it, you say, oh, why are you saying your body's healed? It's not healed. That's why I'm saying it. Because God said it is, and I'm calling those things that don't exist as though they did. I'm calling them true. Yeah, but it's not true. You're a liar. No, I'm not a liar any more than calling my dog when it's not here. I'm not saying my body is all right. I can acknowledge there's something wrong with my body. Where it, yeah, that, but I'm calling it healed and I'm saying what God says. You know what the enemy wants you to do? Just say what it looks like. Just say you're going down. Just say that part of your body doesn't work. That's just calling what is like it is. What if Abraham did that? You wouldn't have heard about him. I don't see. Just say, nope, childless. Childless, 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 childless. Yep, childless. No, he had to say something else. He had to hook up with God and say, I'm a father of many nations, when there is no child. We say what God says. In the face of contradictory circumstances, we hook up and we speak the word. You get pressure to try to say the other. And we've all yielded to the pressure. We've all said the wrong thing. But we can come up. We can do better. When the pressure comes, and have you ever noticed how much pressure there is to try to get you to say the wrong thing? Why is that so important? Because that's releasing, that's your authority. You're, you're decreeing something. And so there's a pressure to get us to push, to push it on us to say the wrong thing. Well, we can push back and say, nope, I'm just going to rest right here and say what God said. That's it. Just act like the word's true. Well, don't you want to just get up and shout and struggle? No, we don't have to shout. We just say, nope, God said it's going to go. Yeah, but, oh, well, God said what's gonna, it's going to go. Well, God, God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ. Yeah, but there's this. No, God meets all my needs. Yeah, it looks like you're going. The doctor said this. Yeah, but by his stripes, I am healed. My body is strong and healed and whole. Yeah, but they, they said this and they said, nope. 
The Lord is my healer. My body is strong and healthy and whole. By His stripes, I am healed. I was healed. Just say what He said. In spite. In the face of. Let's look at Romans 4.17 in the Amplified Classic. It says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. In other words, acting, he's saying what he's ordained as if it's right here. We're supposed to act like him. So we say what he said as if it happens, it's... It's here. Nope. I'm going to act, and I'm going to say God's Word. In spite. Let's look at this in the CEB. It says, As it is written, I have appointed you to be the father of many nations, so Abraham is our father in the eyes of God, in whom he had faith, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that don't exist into existence. They don't exist, but He calls them into existence. Things may not look like they're real in this realm, but God said it, and so we call it here. We say what God said. It does, it's not in this realm. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't feel like it. But we say what he said, and we call it here. We call it into existence. We speak it. In the face of contradictory circumstances, we maintain what he said. We're going over. Looks like we're going under. We're going over. My body is strong, and your body feels weak. Feels weak, and you say, oh, I'm strong. I'm strong. Body, you're strong. Part of your body, you're strong, you work normally, you function perfectly. Why are you doing that? Looks like it's the opposite, because that is what you're calling into existence. You're agreeing with God, we're acting like Him. This is the Word. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, or our expectation, our confident expectation. Let us hold fast the confession, what we're saying, in the face, without wavering. We just say what God said. We say what God said. We say what God said. We think on what God said. We meditate on what God said, which includes, we're just saying it. We're thinking on it. We're saying it. We act like God's word is true until we see it manifest. Until the fruit, like we read in Psalm 1, that we bear fruit in due season. That it comes. That it comes. We're the ones that bear 60, 30, 60, 100 fold, that we speak the word. We're going over. Not under. Healed. Not diseased. 
Have an abundance, not a lack. Have good relationships, not broken relationships. Amen? Yes. Somebody say, how long do you do that? Until we see it in, it in existence. Whatever God said is what we agree with. Whatever God said is what we think on, what we say, what we act on, and we just stay there. Not talking about running around in circles, shouting, and trying to do something. That's just, make, that's just trying to work it up. We're saying, the money will be there. My body's fine. My body's strong. They're going to come around. Don't say the child's going to, they'll never come. No. They're coming around. Surround them with faith and love. Speak, act like the word is true. Well, you don't talk about your spouse like where they are to say, no, speak godly things over them. They have a heart for God. They love God. God is helping them. God is speaking to them. Speak the word. Act like it's true. Till when? Well, what else are you going to do? Is God's word true or not? Somebody said, well, when? What if, what if it doesn't look like it's working? What do you go, how are you figuring out if it's working or not? By what you see? How are you going to know, when are you going to start believing it's working? When you see it? Well, it's too late to believe then. So this is what trips people up is because they're like, well, I, I don't understand. So they want a, a rational answer. I got to figure it out before I start believing. Then I'll start believing. That's no, too late to believe. You've got to speak the word in the face of the circumstance. Amen? This is the critical point because people say, oh, that sounds good. Until there's pressure and you want it, you're going, but why isn't it working? Wait, why, why are you saying it's not working? So they stop saying, they start saying what they're seeing. What dropped? What changed? Well, I'm not seeing, I don't know, maybe this doesn't work. Well, then where's your faith on what somebody said or what God's Word says? If we bring it back to what God said, He's not going to fail. So we just keep saying what He said. God, I don't see it, but I'm going to be like you. I'm going to call what doesn't look like it exists into this realm. It exists. How will you know? You'll see it. Don't have to believe once you're seeing it. See, people, the Satan is trying over time, to try to get you to start saying what it looks like so that you're agreeing with him and it doesn't come into existence. That would be like me calling Muffy and she doesn't come and go, well, I guess, I guess it's lost cause. Never mind, I'm going inside. And stopping. When would I stop calling my dog? Tell me. When she's here. Then what are you doing? Get in there and we're going in the house, right? So people are like, she's not coming. I don't know what's going on. What do you do? If she's not, tell me what you would do if, if, you're, if you have a dog and they're not coming, what do you do? You call them again. You're going to call them? Well, I just, I did it three times. I don't know what's, forget it. What are you going to do? You're going to call them? 
You're going to say it again? We're going to believe God, we're going to say, we're going to keep saying and believe God until what? Until you don't, it's there. You don't have to believe. That's when you know. Well, well, I don't understand. What if, what if? See, that's where we trip up because we're, we're reasoning. We're saying, ah, there's something wrong. Why, why isn't God's word working? That's what we're saying. If we just settle it, that God's word works, it's true, His word is right all the time, whether we see it, whether we feel it, His word's true, I'm going to say what He said, period. I don't care if that bite my tongue, you know, to keep from saying something else, then I'm going to let the right thing out, period. Yeah, but I don't understand why I have pressure. Just chalk it up. You're going to get pressure. Don't glorify the pressure. Just go and just say God's word anyway. Well, I don't know. I mean, you're getting more pressure. Than somebody. No, just shut that down and just say, God's word's true, and stay right there, and say it again. And if you get more pressure, you just say it again. You just say, I'm going to say it 50 more times. You keep, like, keep this up. I'm just going to, God's word's true. I'm going to relax. I'm going to act like it's true and go on with my day because he's faithful. Amen? Talking about winning. Winning the fight of faith. Staying where He told us. Amen.